What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. Yo, what's going on? It's Johnny King with another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. And I am here in Colorado with a brother from another mother who just happens to be across town. It's funny that we're meeting virtually, but it's uh, this is how it is in today's day and age. Jason B. Kendrick, who's already been on the show, uh, but now I get you one-on-one, which is going to be even more fun uh, in many regards so we can go deeper. But thanks for being on, brother. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. I mean, once again, thank you for being on the on our podcast and being on the Mad Men. I mean, madmenradio.com is growing leaps and bounds, and the Mad Men uh, masculinity uh, page on YouTube is getting up there. So, I didn't, you know, it's because of great guests like you and great content that we're getting there. So, I mean, I truly I think appreciate it's huge. it. Yeah, you guys are hustling, and I was going to say, you know, just to, you know, toot your horn or, or let you kind of speak to, you know, your own intro since i've introed you on a, on a different episode but if guys are listening to this for the first time meeting you you're you know a radio podcast personality of as you mentioned kind of like a co-host of the mad men of masculinity podcast which is uh an awesome show and, and one that i'm privileged to be on so thank you like i said for for doing that but you're also a coach right you're a speaker you're an author um what I else play do you with do? the keyboard occasionally. Yeah. See? Some words on yeah. paper, you know, things happen. <laughs> Tick, tickle the ivories. Yeah. I think that's yeah. great. I love it. Um, and it's cool that we're both Colorado dudes at the moment. So um, tell us a little bit more though, if you don't mind uh, just about your journey to where you find yourself today. Like, were you always into personal development? Was that, was there an awakening? Give a little bit more of your background story now that I've got you one-on-one. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, like most people, I had no idea when I was a kid, I'd be here, you know, I thought it'd be a pilot or I thought it'd be this or that and joined the Air Force out of high school, basically just to get out of Alabama and you know, grew up as an army brat. So we spent half of my childhood in Germany, the other half in Texas and Georgia, and then ended up in Alabama for the last years of high school. And it's like, all right, Alabama's all right, but let me get out of here. So I joined mm-hmm. the Air Force and ended up right back in Germany, but through that process when I got out of the air force and ended up back in Alabama, it was like, after I think about three years, I was like, Oh wait, I don't have to stay here. I'm an adult now. I can go places. And so I basically mm-hmm. packed up and moved to Breckenridge and started teaching snowboarding, living that lifestyle. did that for seven, eight years. And then it was actually, I think it was 2006. I hadn't seen my mom in several years and she was coming to Denver for the metaphysical affairs. And just because I hadn't seen her forever, it was like, all right, I'll come down. We're going to hang out. And, it was my first metaphysical fair, and I don't know if you know, but the it's been sold to Body, Mind, Spirit, but the guy who used to run it, Shanti, he had the longest-running metaphysical fair. It's like 30-something years long here in Denver. I think it was the longest one nationwide. But anyway, I got there, and it was kind of like, who are all these weird people? Why do I feel like I fit in? And a lot of divine guidance was standing in line to go see a speaker who ended up becoming one of my mentors for a while. And some guy in front of me was like, oh, we're talking about like the word picture thing. You know, he's like, oh, 
maybe you should be, you know, you, maybe you should write a book. I'm like, write a book? What the, where did that come from? You know, mm -hmm. they planted that seed and then later on it just kind of grew. And then one day I sat down and started writing and I, unfortunately or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, showed that kind of stream of consciousness, vomitous mass of words to my father who wanted to be a writer as well. He was, mm. had several manuscripts and he kind of ripped it apart, but gave me some structure. So after that, I was like, all right, I don't want to have that review ever again. So I made sure <laughs> I put some structure in, into yeah. the books. And and even now, I mean, it's like anything else. They become your children. And then I want to go back now and like redo them and relaunch them and things like that. But I mean, the two of my shoulder, the blue one is my first one. It's not your life, it's you. The layman's guy, the power perspective. Long, crazy title. Another reason I want to redo it. And then the green, the green one's the second one. It's the, uh, you know, it's not your life, it's you, but two, a deeper journey from our perspective, which mm. for me at that time, it was something I needed to learn and digest was that maybe a higher perspective is the way to kind of get through this life, at least on with a, with a better mindset, because most of us, and I know myself included, kind of grew up in this victim mindset, like, oh, it's my parents' fault, it's society's fault, it's where I grew up, it's this, that, the other thing. Yeah, yeah. And it just felt like to me, like, well, what if, what if maybe at a higher spiritual level I chose this? Like, what if me and God got together and we're like, hey, what kind of crap can we get into this time? What do you want to learn? What do you want to get into? So here, here's these parents, here's this background, here's this neighborhood, here's this thing to teach you. And they give you the experiences you wanted for this life to learn the lessons mm -hmm. you want to in this life. So that's basically what I wrote about in those. And then, of course, there's the other one, the Seven Secrets of Modern Dating, which Kirk and I collaborated with two other people and to talk about all the stuff we've learned the hard way about dating. So I mean, <laughs> it's it's been pretty a pretty fun, pretty interesting journey. I mean, well, I, know I, get, I was gonna say that could be a whole another podcast just talking about dating or relationships. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, that we spend probably half our time on the Mad Men podcast talking about dating relationships. I mean, mm -hmm. we got a we got a divorce attorney uh, coming in tomorrow to once again talk about divorce and you know, cool. try to help men level up. So, I mean, yeah, it's it is a big topic. Yep, to say the least. Well, <laughs> you dive into the the. I mean, you're talking about just a higher perspective. Um, what's the difference between a lower and a higher perspective? In your mind i think it's i think it's like anything else when you, you think about levels i mean you can think about grades you know if you're trying to teach quantum physics or calculus to a kindergartner it's not quite going to get there so it's like knowing kind of where you're at maybe even looking at a higher level of like okay i didn't create myself so obviously there's a creator and most likely that divine intelligence and i collaborated on this experience i'm having now mm -hmm. and it's sometimes it's hard to, especially when you've had a lot of trauma, you've had a lot of maybe bad experiences go, I did, I wouldn't have chosen this. But then again, when you're an eternal spiritual being up there with the creator going, let's see what mess I can get into. Let's see, you know, I know that I'm eternal, so I can, I'll take on all of this stuff. I'll go to the, the, the densest dimensional level and the level of, dichotomy and black and white and you know we have this dualistic mindset here of you know black and white good and evil men and women etc cetera, etc cetera. but the biggest issue is you know when you're connected to spirit and you're you're connected to everything you're like okay i know everything i know i'm connected to everything so this is be awesome let me set up this lifetime to learn these these certain lessons mm -hmm. but then we come down here and completely forget <laughs> all of that other stuff and so i think 
taking a higher perspective and going, well, what if I chose it? I know for, for me, when I did this and really kind of wrote the books and went through that process, it helped me to take a little power back because that victim mindset is very insidious. It's like, you feel like I didn't choose this, so I have no control over this. So in some ways I can't change this. Whereas if I go, well, maybe at some level, even if I don't remember, even if I'm not even sure I believe it, I chose to have this experience. I chose these parents and this social economic background in this country to have these things go on. I mean, honestly, those are the things that happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Might as well go, well, what did I learn from that? Because those are things that make me who I am. Mm-hmm. Now, if I take a higher perspective and go, okay, I, this is what made me who I am. This is what I learned. What can I do with that? How can I take that forward and maybe make it a strength and a skill? So if I'm hearing you correctly, in this regard, it is kind of the, the difference between victimhood or, vic, you know, uh, victimhood or being a, a victor to your life, right? Choosing to play above or below the line in some regards. There's multiple levels, of course, but oh, yeah. one of the big ones is just, is life happening to you or life happening for you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like Albert Einstein said, you know, the biggest decision we can ever make, the biggest question we can ask ourselves is, is the universe friendly or not? when you're in a victim mindset it's not when you're you know kind of in that oh if i didn't if it wasn't for bad luck i'd have no luck at all well that's kind of that victim mindset you don't feel like you have any control yeah but even if it's just a mind game even if it's just you know brainstorming mental gymnastics it still has a shift in your perspective when you say maybe i chose this and if i did to what purpose and it's like one of the things you say a lot from doing tony robbins work you know you need better questions you know, the quality mm-hmm. of your questions equals the quality of your life well, I mean, that's a big question. What if I, me and God were co-collaborated on this life I'm in? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think sometimes it can actually even ease some of the trauma and the pain when you realize, okay, well, maybe I chose this. Maybe I do have some power. Maybe, maybe this was part of the plan all along, even if I didn't remember it or don't know why. Mm-hmm. And so uh, why two books at this point? Is, is book two just a an extension of your own leveling up and you had a new perspective and you wanted to share that? Yeah, it was kind of one of those, another one of those divinely guided things where I got done writing the first one and was going through the process of self-publishing and whatnot. But because during that process, I grew so much. I really wanted to change the whole thing. I wanted to go back and like rip it apart and change the whole thing. And I was telling somebody about that. And like I said, divinely guided, he goes, well, wait, you know, you were there when you wrote it. Somebody will be there when they read it. So just write another one. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Well, that, you know, and it, that, that fits my personality. So I'm like, I don't want to go back and re-edit this thing or do it. So <laughs> let's just do another one. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting when you say that, it reminds me of um, when I was 30 years old and, and had had, uh, had just started going through the, the process of a, a divorce. Mm-hmm. And I, my mom had passed away. My dad had come out of the closet. Like I decided to leave my corporate job. I wasn't working. So I had this idea um, to start a website and, and to give full credit. Actually, Lewis Howes is the one who helped me tell me to, to do this, this new website. And so we were having dinner together. And of course, it's so cliche, but we started writing stuff down on a, on a napkin. And that's when it's it started start. this new. Yeah, it started with a, with a napkin, but then it resulted with me working with a Tony Robbins coach um, every single week 
he would be checking it. Like, so how's your new website and your work workbook for the website going? And I was like, oh man, like I just finished, but now I feel like the, the beginning isn't as solid as the end. So I'm going to go back and rewrite it. And to his credit, he was very patient. He said, okay, cool. So the next week it's like, how, how is it? Is it done? Well, no, now I rewrote the beginning, but now I feel like it doesn't, it's not in alignment with the, with the end. And he, he used that opportunity to be like, dude, when is it going to ever be done? And where else do you do this in, in your life where you're constantly kind of like a perfectionist, but because it's never quote unquote done, you never actually have to take the risk of putting it out there to the world. And he told me that that whole standard of perfection is the lowest human, you know, measurement or, or what's the, um, what I'm thinking of the, the lowest human standard, there you go, that we could have because perfection isn't really something that is attainable. So we might think of it consciously as like, oh, I'm working towards perfection, practice equals perfect. But in reality, uh, subconsciously, we know it's never attainable and thus it just never is going to get done. So we don't actually put it out there. It's like, dude, at some point you have to realize that good enough and, and put out to the world is better than perfectly never finished. And so I was like, okay. So I think it's to that point. And I, and I think it's really cool that you said that. It's like, you just let that book one, live as it relates to where you were in your time then. And then you wrote book two, which is, which is probably cool for the reader too, to, to see your own evolution and then have people grow with you and read, you know, book number two. And I'm sure there's a book number three in you and maybe book number four. Like, is that, is that yeah, part those, of the process? Yeah. Those are still in manuscript form on, on the, the laptop. It's, you know, I keep coming up with ideas. I'm one of those idea people. And so yeah. I, what I really need to do is find me a girl who's very structure oriented. Yeah, so she yeah. can be like, finish, finish, crack yeah, yeah. on me. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, there, I have like the, the deception of duality book, which really talk about the, you know, being a whole being and, and embracing the shadow side, both the shadow mm. and light to be a whole being. And then the, the Mr. Nice Guy and Superwoman book, which I've got one manuscript kind, kind of done. And then I had an editor look at it. She's like, oh, we should probably do it from this kind of angle. And I'm like, oh, now I got to rewrite the whole thing. But it's, yeah, it's such a growth process because each time, and that's why I even saying, I think we were talking about before we got on air, it's like, I kind of want to go back to those two, mm -hmm. re-edit re them, maybe combine them, retitle it, repackage it and put it out again, kind of as, an, as a new addition. But yeah, that perfectionistic thing, I mean, that's that's the way I grew up. You know, my, my father having his experience, not really having a father around, his parenting style was kind of like very critical very judgmental and mm -hmm. there wasn't there wasn't a lot of education it was more of a why don't you know this and so mm. in my mind i generated this mindset of okay well i got like one shot at this so it's got to be mm. perfect but then the funny thing about it is perfect is very much opinion oriented <laughs> yeah so yeah. what is perfect like some perfect to me would be completely different to you Right. You know, this is a perfect stick. And you're like, no, that's not, that's too well done. Or that's not well done enough. Or it's too much pepper. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Perfectionism is such a insidious tool we use to keep ourselves down. Right. Right. Which is, to your point, a, a really great one, too. Is like, it's so subjective. You know, the perfect, quote unquote, perfect partner uh, is totally different from person to person. Right. And if you want to, yeah, you know, in day to day. <laughs> yeah. 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 Depending on the mood for sure. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. What, what do you feel like are some of the things that you hope readers take out of your books? Like what, what are the, the main concepts or the messages of both books or both books as a whole? 
Yeah, I mean, in each one, there was kind of a theme, but really the, the general theme was, you know, the power perspective, using perspective as a tool to get your power back, to take mm -hmm. some power back, you know, a little shift in your mindset to go, hey, you know, if I was powerful enough to choose this and to create this, then maybe I'm powerful enough to change it. And mm -hmm. so it's just a matter of shifting. Because, I mean, when you're in the victim mindset, which many of us are trained into, especially here in the West and in, in the U.S., that you just feel powerless. Yeah. And you know, you know, you and I both know, I mean, we met doing personal development work. So it's like, you know, it's just that simple shift in mindset, a shift. And so in my, in the books, I wrote them very conversationally. I wanted to feel like we're having a conversation together, which is some people love, some people hate. It just depends on who's reading it. It's kind of that, you know, opinion thing again. But I wanted it to be very easy to read, quick to read and have people go, okay, I can shift this. I can decide to be in power i can decide that i have the power to do this and even if i don't believe it quote unquote right now i can at least have this dialogue with myself like what if i did choose this mm -hmm. i mean this is my life anyway mm -hmm. so if i did choose it then maybe having the power to create this i have the power to change it yep 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 that's a great point um and i i guess i feel like a, a bunch of what you were saying earlier like again having a, a father who was you know, maybe more heavy handed on criticism, obviously coming from the military, he was in the military, right? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah so much were. of that, so much of that is such the masculine, you know, energy of like having something be oriented towards an end result and, you know, being as perfect as you can, because that means your, your brother or sister in arms life is dependent upon it, you know, uh, trying to avoid as many mistakes as possible. That certainly, obviously has a huge impact on a child's right. upbringing. I got to imagine. Right. Yeah. And, well, and the funny thing is, is, I mean, he did the best he could. His father passed when he was five from a drunk driving accident. And so he was mm. basically raised by his single mother, two older sisters who were his mm. sisters and they really want to raise him. So he basically, and I think in some ways, of course, this is kind of after the fact he passed in 2015. So some of this I've had to piece together, but I don't think he necessarily felt like he had the tools to be a father. So he did the best he could and kind of adopting the, the societal norm of the time of like toughen up, toughen the kids up, you know, make the boy strong and all that stuff. And, you know, didn't really teach me much. I, I think some of that might've been like, he didn't feel like that was his responsibility or that he could. So it's just more the, you know, critical, why aren't you, you know, how is this? I just remember learning to kind of walk on eggshells and be like, okay, dad's home. Like, don't tick that off. Don't, don't be seen too much or he'll ask me a question that I can't answer. You know, so these are the little things that I think, honestly, I chose because maybe in a past life or, or past incarnation, I had all those things. And this mm -hmm. time it's like, okay, well, I had the crew. I had the family. I had the whole thing. You know, I had the disciples or whatever. Now let's see what I, see what I can do without any of that. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, just here you go. And I think sometimes having a perspective of, spirit you know like a eternal spiritual perspective of hey we're going through each one of these lives for a purpose yeah so they're not going to be perfect but they're they they do have a purpose we're here to experience as much as we can experience at this level mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's interesting too to to think about perspective as it relates to um just the stories that we create right you literally said like my dad passed in 2015 so i'm kind of piecing these things to together aka you're just kind of creating meaning out of the mm -hmm. the breadcrumbs, you know, or the clues that you've had from your experience with him and, and 
again, I'm, I'm just interesting to to take to my father who's still alive. My mom passed in 2006. Like the stories that I had created as a child, and then to actually have the courage to ask my dad and be like, "No, that's that's not even remotely close to what happened." I'm like, "Oh, really? Like, fill me in." And what was mom's opinion? And just again, very very interesting how perspectives can dramatically shift just from one conversation, right? Yeah, and it's it's so funny because I being their firstborn, you know, the firstborn is usually the kind of test child. Yeah. And then he had, then he had, you know, he was married two more times and each one there was, uh, uh, there's my stepsister and then my stepbrother. And like, he, and of course he's growing and learning and, and evolving and becoming, the, you know, he's better father, better, you know, at, you know, at what he's doing. And I just remember still being in my kind of like, well, why'd I get this? And then look at how much better they got it. And, you know, having these kind of ego conversations and even being like as father and son i mean as people a lot of times when we're in families we can get stuck into roles yeah and i think he kind of got stuck into his i gotta be up here role and so he had to keep me kind of below and so like even when i was showing him my book after i published it he couldn't call the book he was like it's a pamphlet you know, your, your pamphlet or whatever i'm like why do we got to keep these levels but it's kind of like as human beings we can get stuck there and then looking back and i think in my piecing together there's a much more positive spin. Like I can look back on, even though some of it seems very negative, it's like, well, if I chose that, then he did exactly like, he did exactly what I asked him to, maybe on a higher spiritual level. And sometimes our greatest enemy, our greatest foe is our best friend on that other side because they mm -hmm. chose to be that person for us to, to give us that experience. And it's like, well, I've had that experience. It's made me who I am. What do I do with that? How do I turn it into a skill? Maybe I can take this trauma and this pain and these things to other people and, and create healing in my life and their lives as well through sharing my experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And looking at how it can, like you said, ultimately be a teacher, right? Whether it be relationships or experiences, um, upraisings, uh, how can we, again, taking it from, from Tony Robbins, you know, if we're going to blame, blame them for all the bad, we have to also blame them for all the good, right? right. Which is a, a complete shift in perspective. And so, yeah, there's a lot of truth to, to what you're saying. And I think it really is a, a massive perspective shift that a lot of men need to have in terms of, of just taking radical ownership of their results and not to blame or shame uh, themselves, but just be like, all right, well, if I've got the results that I'm currently looking at based off of my past actions, what needs to change in order for me to have different results? And I think that's a very humbling um conversation for one to have with someone or, or with God or however you want to look at it. I certainly with feel yourself, like, I've, yeah. yeah, I feel like I definitely had that around 30 years old and I continue to have it uh, on off like a very regular basis. I think it's why it's good to take some sort of like life audit of yourself, you know, where you at, what can you be grateful for? Uh, what, what do you need to do to, to level up? Right. So yeah, I think, um, I think it's a conversation you got to have quite often. I mean, we just did an episode not too long ago on the Mad Men, uh, show the freedom and responsibility freedom and responsibility should you know, are basically on a scale they go hand in hand and so many of us and i mean just see how well we just have gotten away from the responsibility of our life and our you know results we just want kind of everything handed to us in a way and i mean i get it you know that's kind of how we're here take this magic pill this is this is what you need right here it's like we've not we've moved away from responsibility and sometimes our responsibility comes from looking at your life and going, okay, 
results. Often harsh, always fair. What are my results? Do I like these results? If not, like you said, what do I need to do to change? Mm -hmm. I had to do that recently. I had to admit to myself, I'm actually, my body's aging. Even though I still feel 18 up here, the rest mm -hmm. of me was like, yeah, dude, you know, you're getting up there. So I had to just kind of bite the bullet. Like, all right, now I need to look into vitamins and working out and, and, and testosterone replacement and these different things that in my mind before I was like, I don't need those things. I'm young forever. And I was like, well, yeah. you know, sometimes we need a little help. And that mm -hmm. first takes was look in the mirror and like, Hey, what do I need? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like kind of uh, bouncing more into the conversation of just actually giving offering men support and results with your coaching? What do you feel like are some of the things that, that are unique gifts to, to you and your style of coaching that, uh, that helps men shift, if you will. That's a pretty broad question, but you can take that wherever. Well, you want I mean, to go. <laughs> basically, I, I what I've learned is I have to share my experience. I have mm -hmm. to share the nice guy syndrome, the, the the isolationism. I have to share all these things that I still to this day deal with. And these things that you know I I am aware of and have probably a better handle on, but I'm still dealing with it. You know, we're not. We say all the time on the show, we're not perfect. Kirk and I will both be like, yeah, we don't have it all figured out. Right. Uh, we do the show because we need to hear this all the time. Like we're doing the mm -hmm. show, so we're constantly reminded of it. But first, sharing my experience, but then also all of the trainings and all the things I've done, and realizing that's why I think I lean more towards a personal development coaching approach. Because I mean, when we shift our mindset, when we shift our do a little personal development, it changes. It's a domino effect. It changes everything else. So yeah, we're yep. doing business coaching or uh, financial coaching. I mean. And I, and I do that mainly because in all the thousands and thousands of dollars I've spent on coaching and different things, I realize a lot of times if you don't vet or you don't uh, find somebody who coaches in the vein that you need, it doesn't work. I know I had a coach, a business coach, who was really pushing me to do high-ticket coaching sales, but it was triggering more of my stuff than it was helping kind of thing. Mm. Like It was really kind of pushing those buttons, so it was, I was more frozen working with her than I had been before. Because I and then you know going back and kind of unpacking us. All right, well, obviously we're not dealing with my the issue internally that's keeping me from the success, and that's where I kind of shifted. So I'm taking those experiences, and then there's so much good information out there that you and I have both gone through these different things, and then trying to encapsulate that and, and share it forward. You know, kind of pay it forward thing to the next next guy. I feel like you bring up something that that it's real for me too, is like, I feel like I've done that too, where I look at certain people and I, who, whom I admire and they've made massive shifts, like, you know, the trajectory that they went on and, and even getting into Tony Robbins for a while. I, I remember going and seeing him for years. And the question I was asking that I was hoping he'd get to, which was, he talks about how, you know, at the age of 19, I think he was making a million dollars. Right. But then for years he plateaued at a million dollars. And it wasn't until uh, ultimately, like, I think the birth of his of his first son had him go up to a million dollars, but then he was sabotaging his own, you know, financial income for years until he was able to make another shift. And I was like, well, what was that other shift, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's one of those things where, you know, you look at someone like that or other people and I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to do that. I want to be on that trajectory. Yeah. And then when I would step into 
big responsibilities or having coaches who would really push me, man, I did not step up to the plate. If anything, I shrank down massively and I couldn't even move. I couldn't even get anything done. And I was just like a hermit. And I realized for some people, they just have the right scenario to make some massive earth shattering moves in life. And for some of us, uh, and I'm one of them, I feel like sometimes steady is, is the race. And I just feel like sometimes it's just like it's the, the tortoise or the hare. And I think for me, when it comes to health and relationships and business, and I'm almost just better if I just plug along and just continually focus on 1% better each day yeah. as, a, as a philosophy than to try to go from where I'm at to making a million dollars tomorrow. It's like, ah, sometimes that's a really big leap and my brain won't conceptually wrap its head around it, right? Do you feel like you've had some of that experience too? Oh yeah. I mean, just that's basically the, in a nutshell, what you just said is how I ended up following on personal development coaching as my niche, because mm. so many of us are marketed into this mindset of bigger is better, more. We all got to be millionaires. We all got to be Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins is a freak of nature. He's always <laughs> yeah. been a freak of nature. Like yeah. not all of us are built that way. So, I mean, right. yes, learn from him, glean as much as you can, but, but then you have to, melded into your life and your way of being and so a lot of the coaching i do is really getting into how did you grow up who are you what do you really want and then how about we like you said find the way that works best for you mm -hmm. because so many people are just so focused on the money and the success well not everybody's meant to be a millionaire not everybody's meant to be a billionaire some of us are meant to be fathers and, and shop owners and, and you know truck drivers and paper men or you know carpenters like not everybody is meant to be up at that level and for a lot of people when they do that they're miserable yeah they, they get up there and they're like well okay i got all this stuff now what i'm still miserable mm -hmm. like what is your heart saying what what is what is your soul saying what what is it that actually will feed you and for most of us, we never find that because we're too busy chasing something that's, you know, this carrot dangled by, you know, social media and advertising instead of going, well, maybe I don't need all that. Maybe I want to be the best father. Maybe I want to be the best carpenter. Maybe I want to be the best peewee football coach. I mean, whatever the thing is. I mean, I, I always laugh. I, I keep, you know, remember the old movie City Slickers with Jack Pounce. Like, it's the one thing. One, find the one thing. I try to help guys find that one thing and then make a plan to go in that direction. Mm -hmm. So, so often we get so sidetracked by so many other things. I mean, the midlife crisis that used to be huge in the eighties and nineties was because we, everybody did what they were told to do. Graduate high school, go to college, find the wife, get married, have two and a half kids, housewife, take a fence, but, they, but it wasn't filling their soul. And so then they're like, well, I did everything I was told. Now what? So let me get, let me divorce my wife, get a hot young girlfriend and a Corvette. Mm -hmm. That's not really doing it, but it's something. Mm -hmm. So really digging into who am I and, and what is it that I need? What is it that I want? What do I, what can I create? And that's why yeah. I, I focus so much on the power perspective because I think if we can shift into, I chose this, why did I choose this? And if I did choose this, and this is my experience, Obviously, I did it for a purpose. Maybe that purpose is to share that. Maybe that purpose is to use that for the next generation, for my neighbor, for whatever. But just shifting that perspective to something more positive. Than, I didn't choose to be born or I didn't choose to have this experience. Well, maybe 
didn't, or maybe you did. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's more effective? Amen. And I think there's there's uh, something there that, that, again, kind of resonates for me. I'm going to close these blinds because when we first started recording, the sun was behind clouds and now it's burning my eyes out. Um, but while I'm, while I'm going to do that, I want you to answer the question. Like you talk about the power perspective. You also talked about earlier about um, kind of reclaiming your power. I think for those, just going back to layman's guide, what does that even mean? Cause I think, you know, if people haven't heard that, they're like, what do you mean by reclaiming my power? Like I'm a superhero or, or what does that mean? Or how, what does it even mean to give away one's power? Can you kind of expand on that idea? Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of power perspective, the layman's guide kind of subtitle was really I, I, the, the idea of if you can't explain something simply, you don't really understand it. So I followed that like, well, how simply can I explain this? And honestly, taking your power back is going more internal mm -hmm. because victimhood is always you're a victim to something external, something outside yourself. So what if we flip the script and go all the way back to what if you chose these parents, this upbringing, these traumas, this experience? before you even got here because you wanted to have this experience, you wanted to learn these lessons. Mm -hmm. And then and in that way, just by shifting that mindset from, oh, it happened to me, or maybe I chose this. And if you do that, there is a fundamental shift within that goes, okay, if I chose this, this is the meaning. And it's funny because so many times people would just, they, they fight for their own limitations. They want to say, I didn't choose this. I wouldn't have done this. Like, well, but this is your life. This is where you are now. These are the experiences you've had. So why not just shift your opinion, your perspective and go, hey, maybe I did choose this. And now I can do something with it versus, mm -hmm. oh, this is just a weight on my shoulders that I have to carry around. Everything is a gift and a curse. But usually that shift between gift and curse depends on our perspective. Like you were saying, mm -hmm. you know, you got to thank your parents for the good things as well. You got to thank God for the good things as well. You got to thank us experiences because everything is you know it is perspective everything can be good or bad i mean it's that's why you go to a crime scene you go to a, a car accident and you ask 10 people you can get 10 probably 12 different stories mm -hmm. everybody sees things differently so how can we use that in a beneficial way so we have better results if nothing else at least feel a little better about yourself mm -hmm. which which i think again speaks to that whole premise of turning one's mess into their message. I think we've talked about that before. Um, but it really is like flipping the script on like pretty much everyone that has a, has had a positive impact um, in life on others oftentimes takes some sort of previous experience and, and, and turns it into fuel, right? Turns it into power, personal power to take action, to make things better, either to become a better father, husband, uh, businessman, athlete, you know, musician, whatever the case might be, they're, they're driven towards, you know, some type of, you know, purpose. That's the result, the direct result of, of the mess they've gone through. You know, some people are definitely driven by pain and by um, a chip on their shoulder, you know, and, and I think other people are really driven by love, you know, and I think um, you can still have a, a, a powerful impact coming from either place. But I do feel like sometimes if, if one's purpose, let's say uh, to prove to dad that I am worth something, you know, and he beat me when I was younger. And now my, my mess of, of my childhood has become my, my message. Oftentimes I have found that uh, 
even what's arriving, you know, at some level of quote unquote success, that there's still a, a huge void that needs to be filled. So I do feel like uh, in going back to you and your books and the message that you're talking about, like there still has to be some sort of perspective shift from um, like, what am I proving? What can I get, you know, to what can I truly give, right? What can I actually impart on others in a positive way? And do you feel like that's a, a big part of your own journey or the things that you work on with other men, the the concepts in your book? Yeah. I, in my whole journey has really been a journey of self-love and self-acceptance mm. and coming from the way I grew up, taking a perspective of maybe I chose this. And in, in a lot of ways, that was something I just either intuited or it just was given to me. It just kind of came to me like, well, you chose this. So what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. And it helps me to come to terms with who I am, what I went through, what my mindset is, and in some ways appreciate and love myself even more. Mm-hmm. For most men nowadays, that is a very, very big bridge to cross because of just society and just the messaging out there about you know men are bad, men are trash, you know, masculinity is toxic, et cetera, et cetera. But is it really? And it starts in the mirror and starts with us looking at ourselves and going, okay, if I have this divine creator who is perfect or as close to perfect as, as we can get that created me and I had some part to play in that, then who am I to say that I'm less than or I'm worthless? Maybe I'm just using the wrong filter. Maybe I'm using the wrong perspective. And to use that power perspective and shift it into number one, a point of choice, which takes your power back and then starts giving you at least a beginning to appreciate who you are, your past, what you've been through, and then maybe those gifts that you don't even know you have that you can give to the world. Because every man needs his purpose, but if we're stuck in this self-loathing and we're not looking at ourselves like valuable enough to, to give, and that's something I personally still deal with. Like, you know, talking about the perfectionistic thing, I should have had those other books done a while ago, but I'm like, oh, they're not good enough yet, or they're not done, or I need somebody else's permission. And that's kind of how I spent most of my life, like waiting for somebody to say, okay, tag, you're it. It's your turn. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I finally realized, wait, I have to tag myself in. Like this, I have to choose myself. But it's hard when you're constantly judging yourself and not loving yourself. Having a shift of perspective, like, hey, maybe I chose this. Maybe I do have that power. Maybe I chose it for a reason. Let me look at my life, look at my strengths and weaknesses, and look at all the, th- the things that make up me. And how can I share that? I mean, if nothing else, just sharing that and not feeling so isolated and alone for most men is a huge gift. Yeah, a huge gift, a huge perspective shift, 100%. Yeah, I think that's really, really powerful. I appreciate you kind of leaning into that. Um, you know, more talking about, again, just working with particular, I mean, do you focus primarily on working with with men? Is it is it anyone? Is it men and women? What does your it's coaching both. look like? I, I work with whoever is ready to actually look at themselves, which sometimes mm-hmm. is hard to find. Um, but that's that's basically it. Like I had somebody reach out to me and ask me about my coaching, and I could tell as soon as I said I do personal development coaching, cater to the client, and I heard nothing back. It's like, oh, they're looking for a business coach or something. Mm-hmm. Which we cover those things when I work with people, but it's at a different level. And sometimes mm-hmm. I know a lot of folks are not quite at that space to go. Oh, let's shine a light on me. Let's talk about me. So, yeah, it's 
it can be very in-depth coaching, but the results I think are very impactful in all areas because you are the creator of your reality. You are the one creating everything. And sometimes when we do self-sabotage, when we aren't having the success we want and we're trying to do it in these outer ways, we're missing the point. You got to get inside and go, well, what's the, why am I protecting myself? What's the little boy inside of me thinking that I need to protect by not getting out there? I know for me, for it's still something that right before I get on stage or do anything public, it's like, oh, because that little voice in my head goes, don't get too big. Because, you know, a pedestal makes for a great target. So make sure you don't get too big, don't get too out there. But then it's like, I have to go, well, who says? Like, you know, I get it. I understand that's a fearful thing. And yeah, it's easy to be taking pot shots at, but this is worth it. So let's move forward. And, and, and the funny thing is, every time, whatever that fear is, whatever that story is, Become, you realize it's not true. It's just a story you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you take that action, you take that step, it's like, oh, I actually really enjoyed that. Let's do more of that. But the funny thing is, every time right before, same story comes up. But now you have this experience of getting past that. So if I got past that, what else can I get past? Mm-hmm. But it starts with that internal vision, looking inside, talking to that little boy and going, what are you protecting? Because mm. it's usually most of our self-sabotage or behaviors that, that keep us down is a self-protection mechanism from childhood from usually really young mm-hmm. dad yelled at us when we were small and made us feel afraid and vulnerable so now we want to be quiet and not seen or you know whatever the story is so right. that's why it's like why focus on the external stuff let's go let's go the important stuff let's focus on the hard and the internal and let the rest of it kind of take care of itself. I mean, mm-hmm. I can show you a million business books, but like you said, if you don't have the internal compass and the internal wiring to do that, then it's not going to work anyway. Yeah, I just feel like it's it's uh, there's just certain people that are wired towards personal growth. Yeah. Um, sometimes they're wired that way because they feel like they're not enough, and they've got to to become better. I definitely know that. Uh, well, no, I feel like I've always been wired towards personal development because I was I was fascinated by it even when I was little. Um, and yet there's definitely been motivations in the past for sure um, in my desire to fix myself or to become somebody. And the more that I've gotten into my own developmental journey and healed some of those things, the more it becomes less about my ego and more about just, it's just, like for me, happiness is the result of just making progress. If I feel like I'm not making progress, I really, really struggle. Um, and so I think it's, it's, I liken it to someone who's just struggling with their health, you know, they're overweight. They're not like, and they're like, I don't understand. Why am I not like, I don't know what to do. And yet if they were to come to me and be like, well, do you have a, a nutritional coach, a personal trainer? Like, oh yeah, I haven't really thought about that. The, the, the interesting thing is that there's people like you who are there to, to support, to coach, to guide. And yet most people don't realize that there's someone out there like you who could help them along the way of creating greater efficiencies, changing perspectives, changing their lives immensely in just a couple of a handful of calls. And yet they just, they kind of do place or stay in that place of victimhood and just kind of talk about their, Oh, I should have done this. And, 
I should have done that. And I'm, they're just stuck in their story. Right. Yeah, so, you know, like that story of the rose colored glasses, you know, you got the, like the green yeah. colored glasses or the black colored glasses. Like, <laughs> when you're stuck in that mindset, you only see a very narrow window of things. So you don't realize there's a whole world. There's a whole new world yeah. out there that you can see, but until you open the door or whatnot. So yeah, that's, that's why people like you or me are out here. We're here to help people open new doors and go, Hey, there's more out here. Yeah. Well, what do you feel like, um, what do you feel like, again, your, your purpose, your offering, the people that you enjoy working with men or women, um, if there's someone who's listening to this and it's kind of like, uh, this is, this is resonating for me. I'm liking, I'm liking Jason and what he's got going on. Uh, but I'm a little bit on the fence. I don't know. Maybe they've worked with, with a, a coach or maybe they haven't. Right. But they're interested. This is intriguing. Uh, but can also be overwhelming. I'm speaking from my own experience when I was, before I started really getting into having a coach myself and and now being able to speak from experience from how much my life has changed because of coaching. Um, what would you suggest someone do in terms of how can they get in touch with you? What would that look like with just getting their answers, questions, or questions answered? Like what would be next steps from just listening to this to actually moving the ball like down the field? Well, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. I mean, jasonbkendrick.com. I mean, I just use my name for my website to make it easy. You can get me there, jason at jasonbkendrick.com. Um, check out our, you know, madmenradio.com. Check out the podcast. I mean, Kirk and I both do coaching. Mine's really on power perspective, really on, you know, personal development, getting into the heart of who you are. And so the only thing I ask is that make sure you're ready to look at yourself before you call. Because a lot of times it's, it's, it's uncomfortable, but like most things, it's, I kind of use the hot tub analogy. It's very intense at first, but then after you give, give it a moment and you get into it, then you really relax and really start to enjoy it. And you get to know who you are even more. You get to find mm-hmm. out who is this person I see in the mirror and you know, what's great about them instead of, oh, look at these records. Oh, look at this. Pocketbook. No, let's let's focus on what's good about you and why you chose to be here and what mm-hmm. you're here to do. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So jasonbkendrick.com, uh, you're on socials as well. All right. over Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I need to get on um, what is it, TikTok, but I'm still on the fence of old, you know, 47 yeah. this year, be 48 yeah. soon. So it's like yeah. new technologies. I don't want to I don't want to put that out there though. I'm, I'm not that old. Yeah. Right. Right. I've, uh, sometimes I worry about getting on TikTok because I, I was on it during COVID and man, is it, it's addictive, you know, even, even I've, I've gotten to a good place this year with, with Instagram and not going down too many real, uh, rabbit holes, but, uh, it's very possible to lose so a lot of your life. Yeah. So, well, I just think see. about it, even from a business standpoint, it's like, ah, oh, I should probably get on TikTok to get to the younger kids and get to the shorter attention spans and everything else. But there's just that, a part of me where I'm like, oh, I have to give them access to all my stuff on my phone. I, no, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I just need to realize they already have access. So just <laughs> yeah, they're listening and watching 24 seven. Right. Yeah. It's kind of scary. It yeah. Unfortunately. And how's that potentially keeping you right from right. moving things forward? Yeah. I, I think about the same things as well. So awesome, dude. Well, thank you for being on. I know we could keep talking thank you so much. Uh, oh, yeah. as we often do, but I'll have you on, uh, of course, in the future. Um, but I would really recommend those that are listening, men and women, just hit Jason up and, and just, you know, get into a conversation. Um, 
you know, I think Jason, you're, you're one of those guys that I know it just kind of shows up real and you're not going to do a, a hard sales process. You just really want to connect and see if it's a good fit on both sides. If they really uh, could use your support and to find out how you can to help them. Right. So just to reach out to you on socials or on your website um, as well as your books are on Amazon, correct? Yeah. Amazon, their eBooks, paperbacks, and then hopefully there'll be a couple more here soon, but uh, keep, you it, you know, keep, keep, keep me honest and uh, you know, keep posted. We'll, we'll be putting some more stuff out there soon. Well, when you get your next book, you'll, you'll need to come promote it on the, on the podcast. Oh. So there you go. Don't, don't threaten me with a good time. I'm hey. right there with you. Hey, dude. Well, thank you for being on. Um, good to see you as always. Looking forward to catching up on the next episode that we are on, whether it be on uh, this one or on yours. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm just grateful that, uh, again, particularly today that our paths have crossed. So appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And yeah, we're definitely, next time you're back in, you know, Mile High City, we're going to have you back on the show because we have more yeah. to talk about. There you go. There you go. I'm looking yeah, so forward for to it. All you guys have been watching Johnny's show. Go check out his episode on the Mad Men of Masculinity. YouTube, yeah. Spotify, we're out there, everyone. Mad Men of Masculinity, right? YouTube, everything else, the podcast. Check out Jason's books. Go give him a follow on the socials. Uh, just go to Jason B. Kendrick. You'll find all the good stuff. Uh, JasonBKendrick.com to be exact. I'll put it in the show notes as well. So thanks, bro. We'll catch up with you soon, man. Thank you for being on. Thank you, guys. Appreciate all right. it. See you guys. Thanks for listening. Talk soon. Cheers. That's it for this one, and I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say hey. It would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at johnnyking and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.